It's Gene Marino with Acres Packaging. I'm Joe Morelli from Houston Patterson Printers. Welcome to Breaking Down Boxes. We have compelling conversations with successful entrepreneurs in the packaging space. So I think by way of introduction, I got into the corrugated industry in 1998. I went to work for a customer of mine. I was a banker, and they were privately held uh, company, three locations, and just the the transfer from a large public company into a privately held organization, working closely with the founders. There are a lot of lessons learned, both positive and negative, about how to run a business and be successful, and that develop over time into my own style of leadership, the things I, I've leaned into. I always felt that you can learn a lesson from a great leader as easily as you can learn a lesson from a poor one. I think that uh, moving up through the organization, then getting out of the industry for a while, and then eventually back into it, heavy involvement into the AICC Association. And, and you got to have the longest runway in the history of AICC to get to the chairman's position, right? It's a little long. <laughs> 18 years? Long. Is, 18, that, is that a real number? I think from start to finish. I, I got involved in the board at the Region 6 level in 2002, and uh, and then eventually moved my way into the, the vice chairmanship, which is a, a five-year progression. I was uh, due to take uh, the chairmanship role in September of 2010, and the uh, business that I was running was owned by a private equity firm, which was subsequently sold. And based on the bylaws, I had to resign and uh, eventually took a break from the industry, but stayed uh, fairly well-connected through some facilitation, some speaking engagements, and uh, came back around then when I came into the industry in 2015, back into the chairs, and, and here we are. So it's been it's been a long road, but a lot of fun. And and just my personal curiosity, you know, the difference between packaging and, and what you did in finance. I mean, in the people in this industry versus, you know, that side of things. I mean, what why did what drew you back? Some of the greatest relationships uh, that have turned and, and evolved into personal relationships have been born out of this industry. And I have people I still speak to uh, from my banking career and my my private equity career, but none as as deep or as longstanding as, as this industry. So just completely a, a very uh, positive impact in my life. You know, there's a story. We were looking at an acquisition when I was running the company in Chicago back in uh, 2007, and I had met uh, Greg Tucker, a uh, longstanding AICC member. He's been in the industry his entire career, and, and I I called him as a friend and said, hey, we're, we're about to come to California and it's going to be a big leap. We've never been in that market before. You know, is, can you support us? Can you help us in any way? And he said, uh, I will do everything I can to make sure any business we have with respect to your core business, we send to you. And, and you talk about an opportunity to spend quite a bit of capital in order to get into a new market and someone effectively says, we'll help you any way we can. That's from this industry. And it'll never be forgotten. Yeah, I mean, I think I come from a pretty opposite path. <laughs> and we talk about family business. Well, I'm, I'm a part of the family, but by marriage. And so it's kind of a uh, interesting when I first got hired and people were like, well, you just, you know, the only reason you got a job was because of your wife, you know, Tanya, right? And, <laughs> and, uh, in, in, they're pretty, it's true, right? I mean, I went through my own professional career and when to, never wanted to work for her father, never wanted to work with her. Um, so once I got tired of doing what I was doing, 
and that opportunity came up, yeah, like I got a I got a job because of my wife. So what? From that point forward, it was on me to, to decide how I wanted to go forward. Was I just going to be comfortable being the f- token family member that just collected a paycheck and felt good about it? Or was I going to kind of make a name for myself and invest in learning and developing as a, as a professional? So, you know, I people give me shit all the time about being the spouse of somebody that's running a company. And, 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 and I took it personally, to be totally honest with you, and then was going to be determined to to make a name for myself. So, you know, for three or four years, I shut up. I listened to people like you and Tucker and these people that we're going to interview and listen to and hear their stories from and and eventually felt I found my path. And once I started getting more and more involved in the ICC's programming um, and felt comfortable asserting myself a little bit here and there, um, I feel like the rest has been history. So here I am, right? Um, Four or five years ago was voted on as the uh, associate chair member and worked my way through and have the stars aligned and the two of us got to do this together which I think is funny being being uh, pretty similar backgrounds in the Italian faith very true I think we definitely some things that uh, we've talked about that we'll explore in these in these subsequent podcasts is the dynamic of the the family-owned business um, there there's there's a lot of dynamics to res- with respect to are you going to be a performance-based business that happens to employ family, or are you going to be a family-based business? And there's no right or wrong answer. It's really, as as a private enterprise, you can do whatever you want. And and I think we have the opportunity to explore that with some of our guests. I, I also believe that we have uh, folks that have driven very successful businesses with no family members in that. And, and uh, family members are not necessarily excluded, but uh, maybe the entrepreneur, the founder feels that they can... Uh, you know, better their talents elsewhere. So I, I think at the end of the day, um, what's near and dear to my heart is, you know, the business shouldn't die, fall or falter because uh, the founder, the entrepreneur passes away. Uh, it's, it's up to that entrepreneur. It's incumbent upon that entrepreneur to make a sustainable business through developing talent, through setting a clear strategy, through providing expectations, both theirs and their, their people to drive uh, successful performance and really understand how they get in the lake and, and see the lighthouse and row in the right direction, whether that entrepreneur is standing over their shoulder or out for a month uh, on vacation or, or, or possibly, unfortunately, ill. And so, you know, I think there's a lot we can explore and a lot we can dig into. Um, and and these, are, uh, these are opinions. These are frameworks. These are frame of minds. These are mindsets based on how they best see uh, their abilities and potential to run their business. They're not all going to be anything anybody's going to adopt per se, but at least it's thought-provoking. At least you walk away from a conversation with one of our guests and you say to yourself, why, why does this interest me? What can I, uh, what can I do to, uh, to uh, include this in my business and employ this sort of tactic? So, I think it's cool that, you know, as AICC chair this year, you know, we get to have this opportunity to do something different and to roll this out and, uh, be a part of something that's maybe a little new and to share those stories uh, as a part of your tenure. I think we're, we're super spoiled, right? Like in my 10 years, 12 years in the industry, getting to form these relationships with these people through AICC, you know, we get to hear their stories and we get to become friends with these people and, and form these deep relationships. And we know a lot about their history. And I think there's so many people in our, in our industry that don't know. And they don't see the behind-the-scenes work that goes into building a successful business. 
we may have a perception of somebody that they see at an AICC meeting that, you know, is so buttoned up and professional and successful, but yet 15, 20, 30 years ago, you know, on the verge of bankruptcy, they, they maybe had to mortgage it all to be successful. And I think that's an important message for us to kind of dig into here. And, and really honing and advancing leadership skills, uh, experiences, networking, uh, shared best practices, just evolved into this desire to find a platform where we could talk to really interesting people and learn lessons and improve the way we lead, improve the way we run our businesses, uh, and improve overall the success of the industry as a whole. Um, so I think it's going to be a pretty exciting thing to, to share those, those stories with people. It will be. We definitely will have two listeners, your wife and my wife. If it goes beyond that, we'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, people uh, were, were comically at a um, winter board meeting where we set strategy for the next couple of years, so people have had to listen to me now for two f half days. That, that, may, that may wear them down. I mean, the, the way this all kind of started was probably two or three years ago. And, you know, it was at a winter board meeting where I think you came up to me and, and we were just brainstorming about wild ideas in our businesses. And you said, oh, podcast. And I said, that's funny. I was thinking about a podcast. And so this is probably two, two years in the making or so, maybe three years in the making of us just like putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. You know, for us, it's uh, something that we've thought about for quite some time and uh, hopefully bring some value to people's professional career here. Yeah, I think if we can provide a couple of takeaways with every one of these episodes and, uh, and tell some interesting stories and have some laughs, it'll be meaningful to people. And, and if it's not, we'll uh, cancel it. And, <laughs> and uh, you'll have a vintage um, one or two episode. At your uh, Hall of Fame, at your Hall of Fame introduction here. Perfect. Uh, you know. The shortest lived podcast to ever survive. <laughs> Uh, the internet that'd be perfect um kind of digging in a little bit what what do you think the the most fun about a uh, a family business is from your perspective i mean i think fun to me I, I you know yesterday we talked a little bit in our in our winter board meeting here about what you like most about your job and i thought that was a really interesting question because it made me think a little bit about you know really what do i what do you like most and and, and as you know, in a family business, you wear a lot of hats and you're asked to do a lot of different things. And for me, I think when it comes down to putting together a roadmap for success, the challenges that come with that, developing a, a strategic plan and then executing it. I think so many people today, you know, they have ideas and they have good ideas. And then from there, they get lost, don't succeed because there's no real follow through to get to, to, to the points that you want to get to. So setting KPIs and then holding people accountable to make sure they're, uh, you know, getting there and reaching their goals. To me, that's the most fun. And, and because it's a small family business, you know, I have the ability to, to make those decisions without interruption, without a lot of barriers to get over. Uh, it's, Hey, I have an idea. Great. Go execute it. Make sure it happens. So for me, you know, that, that to me is a lot of fun. It gets so nebulous. What's your strategic plan and how do you get everyone on the same page? You know, how, from a practical standpoint, how do you come together as an organization to map that out? Who's involved? And then, and then how do you begin to kind of execute on that? You know, I love the KPI concept. I think it's valuable. Everybody likes to keep score, but but how do you come together as a group and say, hey, where do we want to be in, in five years and then actually put that into practice and start executing? Yeah, I mean, the last part, what you just said to me is the most important. It's the follow through 
in the execution of it that oftentimes I think it's lost. And everybody will say they have metrics and everybody will say they have goals and everybody will say they have these key pieces in place. But I think at the end of the day, uh, oftentimes 12 months go by and it's like, oh, what are we going to do better next year? It's like, well, hold people accountable. And it's like, well, we've been doing that for two or three years. Like at some point we got to get down to business and really hold people accountable. So, you know, over the years that, um, you know, last three or four years to me and in, in our business and Tanya's business, that's, that's been the most fun for us is actually, you know, putting those things in place and, and then seeing success or failures that come out of it to me. So I don't know. I, what, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, the execution part to me is the, is, is obviously the hard part. Yeah. I, I think it's easy to, um, it's easy to sit together as a group and, 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 and try to click through the priorities and, and what you want to look like and, and where you want to go over one year, two years, five years. I think people have an easy time doing that. I, I think that uh, accountability becomes very, very tricky for a lot of people. It, it's, you know, at the end of the day, for, from my perspective, it is a dynamic of your ability to, to set expectations, both yours and, and, and mine, and with respect to a subordinate or, or a peer. And, and so once everybody really understands what, what the rules of engagement are, uh, what I'm here to do as, as, as your um, leader, which is, which is kind of a, a, a crummy term, but for, for lack of a better one, is to get the obstacles out of your way to help you be successful, to spend every day moving closer to what we think the target is instead of further away. And so to the extent that I can clearly articulate what I expect, Clearly define what the roles and responsibilities you, you have in, in your box uh, in order to, to make you successful in this role, and then have a regular ongoing uh, meeting pulse where we can help you understand if you're on track or off track uh, based on the on the on the end date, whether that's a quarter or a year or what have you, and um, and then and then modify and course correct as we go keeps a rhythm and a cadence that that, that maintains a certain amount of discipline through execution. And, and when that stuff gets lost, it's that old adage of, oh, we, every year we make a strategic plan and then it goes on the shelf. And everybody knows that's going to fail miserably. And, and I think that from my perspective, there, again, there's so many successful entrepreneurs in, in this industry that, that are very good at running their businesses, but, but they really embrace this daily, hourly uh, decision-making. You know, someone always in the doorway means that they're needed and they're important and, and no one can succeed without their input. And that... That's great for their ego, but it's absolutely terrible for the sustainability of the business. And so it really requires kind of this definition of what I need you to do that's important and then helping you succeed in that role so you can become more autonomous within the framework. I mean, is that your experience? A lot of these family businesses, certainly ours, you know, they've been around for a long time and people have been doing things for a long time one certain way. So in your experience, getting somebody to change the, you know, change the way they think about things, or if you were to implement a strategic plan, it takes time and, 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 and changing their mindset and resetting the way they think about doing business, uh, certainly in our case was very difficult. I mean, in, in, you've been with a couple different places where you've probably implemented strategic culture, um, getting people to change the way they think sometimes is is really difficult because they've had success for so many years doing it that way and we're not saying you know in our case i wasn't saying our way was better it was just different and and different is is difficult yeah i think that i just 
as a former CEO of 500 people, you are, uh, the, you know, the, I think the, the phrase that I heard was the person closest to the information has the most knowledge, of course. So the further away you sit from the sun, the more that you're in the shade. And so we take for granted that uh, I understand where we're going to take the business and where it's going. How effectively am I communicating that through the organization? And I think, I think some leaders do that very, very well. So how can we tap into uh, some of their advice and recommendations and experiences to have those kinds of dialogues and conversations with their employees and their partners and their peers and their stakeholders? And, and really, again, as you, as you well put, successful in their own right, how do we make it a sustainable enterprise beyond their, their physical existence? It's just a funny little story about, you know, when we were putting some of these practices in place and we had a, a manager who's been around for a really long time with us and he's incredible. Like he's done a really, really good job. But as soon as we started presenting him with data and numbers and trying to, uh, you know, prove to him that what we were implementing was working, his, his first initial uh, response was, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. My gut tells me this is wrong. Well, sorry, the numbers don't lie. It's black and white. And it took him six months before you know, he started thinking, well, well maybe, maybe it is helping. But to, to, to my point earlier, you know, he's been doing it one way for 30 years. And, 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 and the way he was doing it was great. And it worked. But for somebody like him to change the way his mindset worked and the way he approached things, it, it didn't happen overnight. And so a lot of these implementation processes that we're talking about take, take a lot of staying on top of and a lot of, uh, of, of work. And it's not something you can just dream of and say, yeah. go do it. <laughs> I think the entrepreneur most oftentimes, they, they're desirous of these kinds of frameworks, but they're anxious or just more hesitant of this. Once I get into this, I can't, I can't reverse my way out of it. Because, you know, we, we've all been a part of an experience where you are accountable for something, okay? There's a metric, there's an expectation, there's a goal, and it's not met. And now tough conversations have to be had with people that have been with your, your organization for a long time. And, and those, get, those get tough. It doesn't mean that that's a bad employee or a bad person. They're, they're good people. They're just not fitting within the framework that you've established that determines your success. So it's, it's okay when expectations are clear and roles and responsibilities are clear and KPIs are clear and everyone agrees and buys in, those conversations become very simple. Objectively, we're not where we thought we need to be. Is there another seat in the organization where you might thrive? If not, it, it probably makes more sense for you to, in, again, the words of my favorite uh, box maker, Greg Tucker, to advance your career elsewhere. And, and it's okay. You know, every... Being a nice guy is a wonderful thing, and I'm not I'm not a proponent of just firing everybody that doesn't that doesn't make it. A lot of it, you know, you need to look in the mirror. Uh, was it attainable? Was it realistic? Uh, were you removing obstacles as as the leader? Are you helping them create an environment of success within your organization? So, you know, by virtue of this accountability factor, you know, first look in the mirror, and then you know, and then you could you you can look out the window. It's funny that uh, 
maybe just to change topics just a, just a bit, but I heard maybe it was at an AICC thing or I can't recall, but you know, as a as a leader or a manager in your your company, the easiest thing to do is to fire somebody. And it made me think, I'm like, what do you mean? Well, the easy thing to do is to just cut cut bait and let him, you know, off and find somebody else. That's the easy way out. The hard thing to do is to take that person and push them towards success and to elevate him out of the position that he was in to where he was failing. To be successful. To be successful as a manager, how can you, it's going to take work. And I think his point was in the presentation was it's a hell of a lot of work to, to pull him out of that spot. But, you know, the easy thing to do is just to release him. That's good. You know, and of course, there's times that, you know, you get, as you know, you've been around long enough to know there's, it's not working out, it's not working out. Yeah. And, and, and you got to do whatever you got to do to make your business succeed. But uh, at first glance, when I heard that, I was, you know, caught me off guard a little bit and made me think a little deeper about how I manage people. It is very insightful. I, I'm going to switch gears a little bit to kind of feed off of that. Um, in, in my chairmanship, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for picking a area of focus for, for the next year. And near and dear to my heart is, is strategy and, and, and planning and execution. And um, one of the tools that I've become very uh, comfortable with and uh, familiar with is EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, a system created by Gino Wickman. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful framework. And, and again, my philosophy is pick any framework. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you need to go with this one. I'm saying have some framework that, that helps you lay out strategy and, and helps you execute. But, but the point of the story is that one of the tools that, that Gino uses in his framework is uh, core values. And the philosophy is, is that when you look at your organization and you, uh, you reflect on it and you say, can I pick two or three people that if I could replicate them would lead me to market dominance. And then you reflect on those people and you, you dig through and identify the core values that they embody. Not that you aspire, uh, hope that they, that they aspire to have, but that they actually embody. You'll begin to be able to identify a set of core values that you should hire, fire, reward, and recognize in your business. And what it allows your organization to do as a whole is find more people that fit your core values and move away from the people that don't fulfill your core values. Because at the end of the day, the right person in the wrong seat can be fixed. But the wrong person in the right seat just eats the company away one day at a time. Uh, it's, the, it's the cancer that exists within an organization. So that your, your, your story about that, you know, firing is easy. I think when, uh, when married with that kind of core values uh, uh, assessment that, that, that people analyzer, it's going to allow you to make a quick decision to say, hey, you know what, I've set so-and-so up in the wrong seat. They're the right person. Where can I find the right fit for them to, to succeed in this organization? And, and again, am I creating, the, uh, am I creating the, the doorway or the opening for them to be successful? You, uh, you mediated a meeting a couple years ago uh, for the board here at AICC, and you recommended that we all read the book Traction. How many, how many people you think read it? <laughs> Not sure. Not sure. It, uh, it, 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 uh, it, it's going to hit you one of two ways. Uh, it's either going to hit you with this feeling like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do in my company, or it's going to hit you in that way where you say, how can I embrace this? What, what can I do to dig deeper? We, we do, not a lot of members talk about it. We do have some folks that'll come up to me and say, oh, we've been doing EOS for years. And, 
and I love it. And then what's also interesting to me is when I have conversations with box makers and they're throwing the vernacular at me right from the book <laughs> about their core values and their core focus. And, and I just know immediately and I say, you're on EOS. And, and they kind of say, yeah, of course we are. So I think that, um, again, any framework is a great framework, but, but again, for, for what's near and dear to my heart is your business should not, uh, should not live and die based on uh, the, the volume of participation from the, from the entrepreneur, from the founder. I mean, that, that's just, uh, you know, that, that's, that's more ego driven than it is, than it is purpose driven. And, and, and to the extent that you can surround yourself, uh, with, with high quality people that fit your core values that you embody in your organization, set a direction, set a course, give them the right kind of KPIs to let them keep score, put processes in place to let them replicate the efforts every single day, help them create an environment where they can identify and, and, and alleviate and solve issues in the business, and then keep that discipline in motion over time, anything's possible. It's with sports teams, it's with businesses, you know, pick, pick your successful entity and there's some framework that they operate within that everyone has to buy into. So you, you can't be halfway into a successful program. You either need to go all the way in or you need to be all the way out. And, and again, that's okay. I'm not saying you have to do it. You can run any kind of business you want. That's why you're an entrepreneur. But if your goal is to make it sustainable and successful and live beyond your level of energy, then uh, it's going to require some kind of framework. Sounds easy. Let's <laughs> roll. Let's make it happen. Sounds good. Breaking down boxes. New shows will drop the first Monday of every month. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>